if you make something yourself or you make something for somebody, there's love in every stitch. Mm. That's really important. Mm. A lot of people don't put enough value on them. You know, when they're trying to sell their art, I don't actually think they charge enough for some of the things that they do. This is the time when all the creative people start thinking about Christmas mm. and doing handmade gifts. I know we've only just out of summer, but this is the moment. I find if people take pride in what they're making, it's so much tastier and scrumptious. And yeah. the same with any artworks, they take real pride in what they're doing. This is Arty Party. My name's Jay Sykes and welcome to our party. We share the work of artists and creatives living and working in the Northeast, whether grassroots, emerging or established, anyone is invited. Uh, since we started this radio programme just over four years ago, we've been bringing together people interested and involved in arts in the Northeast to have conversations not only about their own projects and practice, but also to talk about the creative sector and the value that participatory arts has in a community. That word, participatory arts, is central to who we are as a weekly radio show and podcast, even down to our name, Arty Party. It's short for arts and participation. So get in touch on Twitter if you fancy joining in the conversations with our guest today. We are at Arty Party. That's at Arty with a Y, Party with an I. Why I? Well, let's introduce who's here with us today. Uh, first of all, Danielle Chamberlain. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Hello, everybody. How are you, Danielle? Yeah, very well, thank you. I met you a couple of weeks back mm. at the Sunderland Arts Market over at Norfolk Street Arts. Yes, forging. <laughs> I'd never forged before and it was great fun. You were, and I came up to you with a microphone saying, would you mind sharing your thoughts about this? <laughs> Well, I've never done it before, but it's great. Isn't it fun? And it's a bit it's a good exercise too, sweat it's awful. But I don't mind that bit because you come out of it feeling refreshed. But I mean it's hard work, but great fun. And and, and I tell you what, you get a great sense of achievement. You're coming away with something that you've created. Have a flat against that. Have a flat against that. Like go just for a second. Oh okay, I thought you meant sideways Oh, That's it. First curling. Okay. We're going to do exactly the same again. Right. We're going to do it a couple of times, okay? Okay. The end result was a bottle opener. The chap in the forge had me put it in, he put it in the fire, and then he brought it to me and told me what to do. Uh, had me hammering it and then twisting it, and then back in the forge, out again, hammering, twisting, back in again, until the end result was a bottle opener you could go home with. It was great fun. I just love the sense of community it brings. I think something like this, that's in the community, is brilliant fun. And also, doesn't it validate local artists? You know, that's really important because they're really trying to make a living out of something they really, really love doing. And I think that's vital. I think it's really important to invest time and go and see people who are making things locally. Not only time, but also invest financially. You know, buy things, support your local artists. And that's why we were there. And I'm pleased to say they did really, really well. And I love doing it. How important is it that artists are validated for what they're doing? You know, and sharing in the community. And it's a wonderful ethos that you support people locally. Mm. You say you're not an artist so much yourself, but you do... Yeah, I've always dabbled in, you know, just things like doodling or, or t taking pleasure in taking photographs or colour. I really admire people who can really be creative and make fantastic things. So I started doing some art classes locally with Kerry Cook with the art club in Sunderland and she hosts her art classes at Poprex 
what a wonderful space. You know, you go and get a coffee, you get a nice cup of tea and a, or a cake, and you can listen to vinyl. You can choose what songs you want. Brian and Michael will put it on for you. And I met a lovely group of people, including our other guest here today. We have a lot of fun. Let's welcome that other guest. Hello, Brenda. Hello. Nice to meet you. Brenda Burrell, tell me about yourself as an artist. As an artist, my mother lived in Sunderland. We came back here decades and decades ago, but I moved to Birmingham in the 70s and came back about 15 years ago to be her primary carer. So I had a lot on my plate, but I also had a lot of very strange bits of free time sitting in hospitals, keeping her company, basically, but looking after her all the time. So it was an opportunity, really, to start to learn some new things. And I'd never knitted before, and I'd never crocheted before, and I'd never done anything like that before. My father was a watercolourist and quite good in all of those gaps, alongside my mother, really, and the conversations that we had about her life in creativity and her mother's life. We made proggy mats around the fire when I was a baby girl and my job was to cut the buttons off army uniforms and cast-offs from dead people that were left at our door and my auntie used to cut it all up into strips and my my nana used to pin it all out onto a big mat frame and it was a horrible job and I admire people who want to do it now but everyone every time anyone says we're doing proggy mat classes do you want to come I go no thanks for done that it's it was that I think that was probably my first introduction to creative arts my grandmother made them for everybody in the village for money Whenever I hear anyone talking about their, their experiences making proggy matting, it always is seemed to be that, that family experience. Yes. People getting together. And you said your role was that specific button. That then, was my job, yeah. And then each other family member. I was three, role. I think, or Gosh. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got taught to knit by my grandma when I was four. So all kids in that time were taught to knit. It was compulsory. You couldn't buy jumpers. So you were taught to knit straight away. Yeah. And you both met recently at Kerry Cook's... uh, We did, we met about a year ago, yeah. Yeah. I I decided after my mother died that I had more time, obviously much more time, but I thought I would try and see if I'd got any innate painting (laughs) skill that I might have inherited. So I joined the class that Danielle's in. Kerry Cook has art classes pretty much for everybody, from children... And she teaches all sorts of, a huge range of things. But I decided to do the watercolours and there's a watercolour class every Tuesday morning. And I've not been to many, but I've been to all of the ones that have been available since I decided to do it. And I'm I'm not too bad. I think I've, I was quite disgusted with myself at first, but you have to keep going. (laughs) You just have to keep going. Write the date on the back and then you can see your progression. And I can come up with things that actually sort of resemble in my in my head what I expect them to look like, which I think is a major thing. Yeah, it's something you can be proud of and share. You know, it's common ground, isn't it? It takes people out of themselves, you know. So, so somebody could turn up who's suffering from anxiety, for example, or and it just takes you out. You get that moment of peace and you're creating and you're making friends. Yeah. It's really important. The watercolour classes are very meditative, very different to the knit group. There's a knit group at Pop Rex. They're called Stitch and Bitch Sunderland, the Mackham and Tappam group. You <laughs> might have met them. They're amazing. They get together on Saturdays, don't they? They are amazing. They do Saturdays once a month and they do Tuesdays every fortnight. That's just 
talking, basically. It's n- noisy, it's quite boisterous, people are sharing skills and patterns and ideas and stitch creativity and politics and life and oh, it can get quite tense sometimes. So that atmosphere of the stitch and bitch nights, the, the knitting nights, is sometimes volatile. It's a very exciting place to be mm. in that same venue in Pop Rocks. The watercolour classes are completely zoned right down to almost like the pranayama, slow breathing level of yoga, you know, where we keep quiet. I don't even really look at anybody else's. So when I glance up at what other people are, are doing, I'm amazed at the skill involved. <laughs> but we, Danielle and I and the other, usually women, there's a couple of men come sometimes in the room. We are completely engrossed and silent and Listening committed. to music, listening to some cool music in the background. Yeah, Michael puts a bit of a bit of whatever we want on on the Spotify, and we're away. It's, it's the glue that keeps the community together. This sort of thing, yeah. you know. If people are feeling lost and lonely, what a great thing to do, because we've lost this with globalization and with IT and everything. Phones taking you into yourself. This makes you look out towards your community, and yet still reflection time and quiet time for us anyway isn't yeah, it you know de- we really enjoy yeah. it yeah yeah and it's the same it's true about the the stitch and bitch group that meets once a fortnight on tuesdays and on saturdays mm-hmm. like you were saying it's just about coming together to have conversations perhaps as much or if not more than the actual practice that you're doing yeah absolutely i think that's true knitting groups haven't got a particularly good rep in this country especially they're quite white and quite closed and I've been to a few where, I mean, I'm white, but I've not felt at all welcome. And the Stitch and Bitch in Sunderland is certainly unique in the northeast in that it's very open. So you could you could be anybody from anywhere who can turn up and be welcomed. And that's hugely important, I think, particularly for Sunderland, where there's been a lot of activity from the far right. So I think to have that space where a man from another minority community or someone from the university, brown person, black person, anyone can turn up and be spoken to like like a human being. That's quite difficult sometimes in Sunderland. So I absolutely massive respect to them for that. Another thing that I find often with guests that come on board Arty Party is that art is sometimes involved in their activism and they use arts as a way of getting messages across that otherwise couldn't be heard, at least as effectively. I I make banners. My recent banner, I've recreated the banner for Save Easington Area Mines. Everyone knows about Easington Colliery because they were very famous for having that massive party on the night of Thatcher's funeral. Easington was hammered during the miners' strike at 2,500 police marched into the village. It's a small village. There's only about 4,000 people living there at the time. Streets were surrounded. Kids couldn't get to school. It was a siege, basically, and very violent in places. So the women got together to set up a support group to feed the community, essentially, but also to support each other. And they made a banner that had SEAM across the front of it, minus shovel and a, and a pit lamp and coal knot dole on it. And they were looking for it to take to the gala. And also there's been a picnic in Easington recently. And so I volunteered to make it again for that. I've made banners pretty much all my life. It's a dining table thing. 
I churn them out with uh, domestic wall paint and second-hand sheets from charity shops. So they're pretty much free to do. But I was very felt very honoured to do this. And if people had wanted to see it, there's various um, short films on Instagram in particular. And if the, look at the hashtag Easington Miners Picnic, there's a lot of banners marched a couple of Saturdays ago. There was one handmade by women to celebrate 100 years of the very beginning of suffrage. We didn't get women's suffrage, not until 1928, so we're 10 years ahead of ourselves. But they got together and made a women's banner, different sections of it by different parts of the community, and that was marched, and it was just a beautiful day and full of art. There was an art artist exhibiting flags that they'd made with cyanotype. There was someone making little garlandy type bouquet type flower arranging things it was a beautiful day of music and celebration essentially of what had been a very very tough time yeah and if you're interested once again in checking out uh, the videos and the photos from that day it's a hashtag easington miners picnic yeah if you head to instagram and search it on there i think we'll share we'll share some after the show as well on our on our social media yeah but i, I do i wonder for, for both of you for danielle as well as for you brenda what is it about making something that attracted you in the first place and attracts you now to get together regularly? There's something deeply innate about art. It's something that communicates to me as a, to sound a bit flowery possibly, but to your soul. It's, it's soul fodder for me. You can prove to yourself that you can do something and create something. It's visceral, you know. I came here to the Glass Centre a couple of weeks ago and they had fantastic art by local people and I just looked at the quality of these things and I thought a lot of people don't put enough value on them you know when they're trying to sell their art I don't actually think they charge enough for some of the things that they do because they have this sort of concept that £10 is enough for something that you spent you know probably 30 hours creating I think come on you know you're worth this there's more value to this I think we need to be supporting these people more and more and I would like governments to take things like this more seriously and not talk about taking things off the curriculum, but actually putting them back on again, you know. People are so talented and to get validation in life is so important. And to say to somebody, well done and a big pat on the back. Somebody could be severely dyslexic and really think I'm hopeless and I'm not good at anything and create the most beautiful art. And wow, what an achievement, you know, and it just makes people feel fantastic. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Sorry, I was sipping my lovely cup of tea here. Um, totally agree with that. I think there's something compelling about creativity. Creativity is, well, I don't know where we would be without it, really. And it can be anything from... I was away in a very wet camping weekend and I taught some people to crochet. I brought it for the radio so that you could see it, everyone. It's... um. <laughs> That's how much I did in like a day and a half camping in, in the wet. Really? And it is a kind of a, a little square of crochet that's quite easy to do, but you actually have to know how to do it. So well, You're um, misjudging I, it, saying a little square. That must be about two feet. It's about right? a kind of a cushion size, isn't it? Uh-huh. It'll end up being a blanket at some point, but it, it's because it's scraps. So you can, jewel. yeah, little dual colours, yeah. I've knitted for 10 years now, 10, 15 years now. Not all my life, just about that long. And so I've got a bag of scraps, so it's almost free as well. 
and I taught some people to crochet because we were just sitting in a tent in the rain. It was so miserable. But it's nice to teach people. And so I always take enough books and bits and pieces with me to teach other people. And a young woman that I taught for the first time, she just did a, a long chain and she got the tension adapted. So And then I explained how you could go on to make a hat. She was thrilled. She was so thrilled. <laughs> it was like a magical moment of... Immediately, she recognised that she'd got this talent that she didn't know she had. And can I, what can I make? And I told her what she could make. Obviously, you can make anything, anything that you can make a fabric with, you can make a garment with, or you can make, if you've got the persistence, you can make a blanket. And that was delightful. And it's that, almost that eureka moment of light bulb when Absolutely. people realise they can do something. And I almost had that. Daniel and I went down to Easington Beach a couple of weeks ago and it rained on us there as well. But there was a moment of joy when I realised that I thought I'd painted all these stones red. And actually, we looked up in the rain as the rain fell on the stones, and they were actually the same. They were red. Mm. Uh, the Easington Beach has got a particularly beautiful set of stones on it. So even though I've created things all my life, you still have those jewel of moments of joy. Mm. I cannot recommend it enough, even if you're rubbish at stuff. Keep going. You have to do your thousand hours to get decent at anything, don't you? But in that the hundredth hour or the twentieth hour or the thirty-fifth hour, there will be moments of magic where mm. you realise that you can make something and creating something is really important. We've got stuck in a culture of buying stuff. We've got to get out of this rubbish about buying stuff. Buying stuff is bad for the planet, it's bad for our health, it's bad for everything. We've taught ourselves that to have a healthy town centre, we have to have shops. We don't have to have shops. We have to have creative industries and we have to be making things. Stop buying things, make them instead. Don't buy a new frock from a place where it's been made by somebody earning two pence a day or two pence for every hundred or whatever it is in a factory that might fall down on their heads make it yourself mm. or go to Blandford Street and buy one of the millions of junk dresses that have already been bought and adjust it to fit yourself make yourself a skirt make yourself something the joy in clothing yourself with your own hands is incredible it seems to be a movement as well that's emerging recently, like everything that you could say was once alternative somewhat mixes into the mainstream. And now this this recycling and renewing, absolutely, I think, is becoming more and more popular. Yeah, absolutely. The, my, the scarf I'm wearing today is homemade, handmade. The necklace I'm wearing is handmade. Yeah, It was bought for me as a gift from an artist, local artist. I just think... Absolutely agree with you about the planet and saving it, you know. Um, we're such a throwaway society. And I think there is a tendency, and a good in a good way, that when you buy something that you really enjoy and you like and has been created by someone locally, you won't throw it away. You'd hold on to that. I think that's great. Yeah, there's love in it. If you make something yourself or you make something for somebody, there's love in every stitch. Mm. That's really important. Mm. And so many people say, oh, oh I can't draw. Don't believe that. Don't believe it. Pick up a pen and draw a doodle and colour in the doodle. Find a shape in that doodle. Find a shape in a cloud. Go out and enjoy nature. See shapes you can find and enjoy. Yeah. There's just so much that you can do that make you feel good at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you end up with something either useful or beautiful, in the words of William Morris, or hopefully both. Mm. <laughs> 
if you can support a creative industry in doing that, or a micro business in doing that, great, great. Would you rather do that than buy a boring dress from Zara that 93 other people have got? 93,000 other people have got? Of course you would. Yeah. Daniel Chamberlain Woo-hoo! and Brenda Burrell Hello. talking arts and participatory settings here in Sunderland, but also the wider northeast. Um, the reason that we're all gathered today is because of the art classes that are being hosted at PopRex, which is where you both met. Yes. They're run by Kerry Cook. And I'd love to ask you both how your experiences of them have been so far and perhaps what even attracted you to them in the first place. Well, Kerry is such a lovely person and is a really, really good teacher. I think she hides her light under a bush, really, because she's so good at art. And she teaches children, people from all ages and all walks of life. She teaches in schools. And doesn't she work in a museum in Newcastle too? Yeah, the Shipley and Gateshead. The Shipley and Gateshead. So she also does an awful lot of work just promoting art in the local community. She has lots of different classes on. And the other thing I love about her is that she invites people to give her ideas about what they'd like to do as well. So it's not all just about what Kerry wants, it's actually what other people want. People get very excited about hearing her, working with her, don't they? They love it. Yeah, they do. Mm. It's a million miles away from an old-fashioned art class. Mm. And I think probably most of us have been to those at some time in our life. She's never judgmental. She's, no, she's not prescriptive. You're not sat down and told you're doing this with this brush and you mm. want to produce this, that and the other. But if you want a tip about something to do with perspective or you think you're not quite sure how to... I have a struggle making something look as if it's got a shape. I can knit... A, I can knit. I can paint a lot of flat things. So anything flat, I'm your, I'm your woman. But to make something look as if it's a, a bottle or, a, or an apple, she's very good at teaching you how to do that without mm. actually being teachery. Mm. And the number of things, she's the range of things she's got in her... Repertoire uh, Exactly, it's huge, yeah. So I, I feel absolutely chuffed to bits to have met her she's really a really good teacher Hmm. and the prices are are great as well yeah if you buy a block of classes there's a discount or you can just turn up to the odd one it's great i'm so pleased to be there and I love the sound of these being so collaboratively led as well, yeah. that you can help change the, well not change, but direct the nature of where the group's going if you find there's certain things that you're wanting there to be yeah. or uh, skills that you're missing out on. Yeah. Kerry Cook classes at Poprex are £10 weekly for all of the materials included. £10 per person, that is. And they're 11 o'clock until 1 o'clock. On that's the painting classes, yeah. That's the, the painting, painting classes. classes. But that's if you buy a block of four or six or whatever. They're a bit more if you buy just one at a time. Oh, I see. But she also does evening workshops. There's an acrylics workshop shortly. That's 6 o'clock it starts. This is the time when all the creative people start thinking about Christmas mm. and doing handmade gifts. I know we've only just out of summer, but this is the moment when people who are creative people start, if you still send Christmas cards, are thinking of how they're going to make the Christmas cards or their gifts for children or grandchildren. And the whole of the independent creative artist market really is around starting around about now to get enough product up to sell over Christmas as well. So for micro-businesses, it's a, it's the important time. And Kerry put a little picture up of a folded origami thing and said, anyone want to be able to learn how to make these for envelopes? And you can see all the people that send 200 Christmas cards going, oh, yes, that looks <laughs> great. 
So she's very, yeah, very creative, yeah. And you can take a work of art that you've started at home, you can take it to her and she'll help you if you're stuck on something. Yeah, no, yeah anything really, yeah. And also Pop Rex have gone, they've got two venues, they're doing up the larger one in town, which is on the High Street, isn't High it? High Street West, yeah, sort of bo- bottom end. Yeah, just it, by the roundabout. Yeah, it's it. almost High Street East, but yeah. it's yeah, it's the, the bottom end on the right as you face the, the river. And the one we go to is near Park Lane, Pop, isn't it? Stockton Road, yeah. So if you're interested in finding out more about Kerry Cook's art classes, then you can check her out in numerous ways. On Instagram, she's the Art Room Sunderland. That's at the Art Room Sunderland. And then also on Facebook as well, she is the Art Room. Do check out her spaces if you're interested in the sound of any of these classes. Yeah, follow her. Yeah. Go to something. A thing that, again, unites the three of us is a wish to support local causes and local people Mm. I'm the kind of person who will ideally shop independently or locally if possible but I still find myself gravitating towards the supermarkets for the big shops and Mm. and, you know there's always more that I could be doing Mm. do we find that that the, the the opportunities to support local or independent venues or local artists is this becoming easier over time it's not been easy but 10 years ago you couldn't shop independently really in Sunderland could you but this home side now, home side that started off at independent, the independent, it's got two venues now, managed to get into the winter gardens. So home side coffee in the winter gardens is an independently locally run business and they do yoga classes and all sorts of things in there now. They make fantastic coffee. The cafe that was there before, you could not get me anywhere near it. I had to take a little nephew in there once because you know how little nephews start to cry when they're hungry to take him in there and it was just an unspeakable experience so those new independent young businesses run by local people like Homeside Coffee and they've got another one where um, It's opposite the the fire station isn't it? Yeah up that top of the kind of the rebuilt bit of Sunderland where the theatre is up there obviously Pop Rex they make great coffee as well Pop Rex is getting in a new coffee from some people called the Featherbed Roastery. I live in Seaham, so there's lots of stuff going on in Seaham. You can eat for a week in Seaham from an independent mm. cafe or restaurant. So there's all these all these lovely places that are, that are run and owned by your next door neighbour. So the money stays in the local community. Yeah. If you buy stuff from people who live here, it doesn't end up in some billionaire pocket that lives in the Cayman Islands it actually lives in Sunderland the money stays in Sunderland or Seam or whatever very important for so many reasons and if you're looking for supermarket alternatives there's something called the Sunshine Co-op which is based in the Eagle building that does veggies so you could get all your veggies and she delivers every Thursday there you go yeah from Place an order on a Monday, she delivers on a Thursday. Sunshine Co-op, it's not a creative industry. I know you asked us to talk about those, but it's part of the lifestyle of wanting to support local community and wanting to collaborate with people who are doing the right thing, basically. We want to do more of the right thing, don't we? So what do we, what do we see as the benefits then of, of, of a business to, to involve arts and participatory arts especially? Does, does that work for businesses? Or I mean, I know in SEAM as well, it's, it's, there's so many arts things happening down that stretch. But isn't it about what makes us human? That's so important. Communication between people is so vital. And this is something that just brings cohesion, 
love, appreciation, validation. I just think it brings a community together. It's the heart pumping of the community, you know. And we mustn't forget these people. And we can become communities again. We've become so estranged through globalisation. Why don't we bring it all back in together again? Yeah, absolutely. I want to buy a loaf of bread from somebody who's made a loaf of bread. I don't want to buy a loaf of bread from somebody who pays money into the Tory party. I yeah. don't. And Wal- Warburton's funds the Tory party. And where, what, how much bread do you see on the counters that's Warburton's? There's a shop in Pallion called the Urban Kitchen Terrace, and it's not called that on Instagram, Tuk Two Kitchen, something like that. Zoe and Michael run that, and they've got a in Pallion that's full of franchise chains. Down at the bottom, on the way across the river, they've got this fantastic little lunch shop. They put their menu up on the wall and take a picture of it every day. It's different, so you can buy for like £4 something with salad. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. And Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, they have a baker drop in some sourdough bread or bread with seeds in that's the bread you need to be buying everybody needs to be buying that don't go there because i won't get any they'll all sell out but that's the kind of thing we need to do more of people take pride do more of support zoe and michael running their little cafe support michael and dave at Poprex. flamingo and see flamingo hannah that runs flamingo hannah's from sunderland flamingo cafe on the marina in seams really lovely Mm. little cafe And these people, I find if people take pride in what they're making, it's so much tastier and scrumptious. And the same with any artworks. They take real pride in what they're doing. They put hours of back-breaking work into these, but they don't see it as back-breaking because they're enjoying it. They're having fun. How many people go to work every day and think, yay, I'm getting out of bed this morning, I'm going to work, can't wait. Whereas if you're an artist, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You get out of bed and you think, yes, I'm going to create something. I'm going to be me. I can do what I want to do and earn a living doing it. I think when we went to Sunderland for the art markets recently, we got some feedback from them that everybody there took at least 300 quid that day. Wow, that's great. Goodness. We need more of that. Yeah. yeah, but we need more yeah. venues for it in Sunderland as well. Mm. We need councils to be supporting. Complaining it. about shops shutting down. We don't need shops. We need venues for people who, to make things. But mm. then we are seeing that places that you would think of as as commercial entities, such as the Bridges, begin to do more of these kinds of things, such as with Frederick Street Gallery New opening gallery, the Bridges yep. recently. Yeah. Yes. And then also, they they have uh, the the art spaces that they pop up in the centre. Where at the moment, I think that big sand pit is in the bridges, the kids play area. Sometimes there's artists in there, and they have artists sometimes featured on the walls. Mm. So clearly, there's some kind of understanding that bringing in people to see art might increase their commercial mm. ventures. Mm. We're seeing Poprex do it, but that's become part of their model. Their, mm. They yeah. are yeah. arts as well as mm. vinyl, as well as coffee. Mm. And also, you know, in Sunderland, we were going for the City of Culture and didn't get it. But if one were to go forward again, and it can really be shown that we are a City of Culture and we want more of it, great. That was always my understanding of the bid. It's that we're not the most cultural city, but the city for most potential growth in the cultural yeah, sector. Yeah. And we've seen that. over the. I, yeah. I think, especially the people that we've talked to on Arty Party, we've seen yeah. a growth in, in the area, Yeah, yeah. at least in terms of arts. Yeah. And the festivals that you go to, there's always creativity there. There's always people bringing their artwork to these festivals. Yeah. And when the tall ships came, 
There were people with creative arts too. There's, mm -hmm. It's great. I think it's wonderful to see it. Daniel Chamberlain. Brenda Burrell. Hi. It's been about talking about arts and businesses and participatory arts and community settings. Uh, before we go any further, as ever, I want to say a quick thank you to our Patreon backers who helped make this programme possible. Mm. It's thanks for you being generous. That means that we're now a podcast as well as a weekly radio show. So a big thank you to Sister Shack founder Tel Irby. Sister Shack is a collective of all female music artists, DJs, crafters and artists based in Newcastle. Thanks to photographic artist Joe Howell, you can find her latest work by typing in hashtag untitled10 onto Instagram. It's a new project that she's spearheading, hashtag untitled10. Thanks to visual artist Stephanie Smith, who was recently on BBC Radio 4's Drawing in the Dark last year. And also thanks to audio producer Laura Willis. She's going into her third year at the University of Sunderland and focusing on speech and audio production. You can find out about all of our uh, Patreon backers at artyparty.com. That's arty with a Y, party with an I. Dot com. Um, but also, uh, as with ever, I'd, lo I'd love to share with you both a free gift for coming on board today's Arty Party. For you. Woohoo, a badge. <laughs> Lovely, I'll wear it with pride. One for Brenda as well. Thank you very much, I love it. I think I have two now. Badge. Oh, well, yeah, I gave you one at the art market, didn't I? You did. I? You Lovely, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I know we were going to talk about your, uh, your Facebook group as well. So would you mind uh, sharing about your Facebook group? Making the Midlife oh, Switch. Making the Midlife Switch, okay. So I'm an ambassador for a group that helps women who are going through the menopause, set up by a lady called Marion Stewart, spelt M-A-R-Y-O-N. If anybody's interested, it's www.marionstewart.com. And it's basically to help women who are going through the menopause who want to go through it naturally without HRT. Um, HRT, sorry? Hormone replacement therapy. Right, okay. So the whole idea of the group is that there are ways that one can manage it that have been scientifically proven, so we don't advocate any treatments that have not been scientifically proven but are natural methods. And if any women are interested, please have a look. And that's another part of what I do. And if you have a, a, a family member or a friend who you know is going through this, do let them know about uh, making the midlife switch. Switch, making the midlife switch, yes. I should also at this point as well, because a, a friend contacted me on Facebook last night to say, oh, you're talking about arts classes tomorrow, because today we've been talking about Kerry Cook's art classes yeah. at PopRex. Mm. Also, she wanted me to shout out about Sanguini's arts workshops called the, the Sunderland Women's Art Group. Mm. Essentially, it's a collective of women that come together to create arts, crafts, have a coffee. And again, the important thing, have a chat. Absolutely. Get together. So um, these start on this coming Friday at 10.30 until 12.30 over in the east end of Sunderland on Rickabay Street. If you're interested in finding more information, search for Sangini on Facebook. That's Sangini, S-A-N-G-I-N-I. Both of you, I'd love to thank you so much for joining us today on the programme. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Jay. I think it's really important that we get the message across, really. It was inspiring meeting you as well, those couple of weeks ago at the arts market, because you just, I don't think I've met anyone who is so succinctly vocal about the arts and its benefits. Yeah. It's, it's about really, really caring about people. I think you, I, I care deeply about f my fellow man, you know. I want him to thrive. I want him to win. I want him to succeed. And art does that. A lot of people talk about 
creativity and mental health together, clump them together. And I'm very wary of this. It's There's a lot of stuff that gets thrown at mental health as if, or mental illness, as if there are easy solutions or there are palliatives or there are warm blankets or whatever. And I'm worried about this. I very much worry about the idea that knitting is useful for people with mental health issues or that crochets or yoga or drinking water or any easy fix. Maybe for some people it's healing. I think holistically living a creative life is enriching. But I see this a lot, knitting for mental health or painting for mental health. What is mental wellness? There's a huge panoply of things that this encompasses. And there's a lot of talk about, especially creative crafts for mental health. I don't, I think we just have to be careful about it. I'm not saying it's not helpful, but there's definitely something about the repetitive nature of that thing that I picked up earlier, that crochet. Once you've learnt it, the repetitive, slow, meditative nature of doing something particularly maybe if you accompany it with by, with breathing, isn't the solution to uh, no. psycho, psychosomatic illnesses. It's no. not. But as you, as you alluded to earlier, it is one thing of many things yes. that you can do to try and manage. Yes, it, in, a, in, a, in an arsenal of things, absolutely. Yes. So it's like when they say health advice, following this diet isn't going to lead to changes unless it's part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. I suppose it's the same kind of thought process. Part of a plan, yeah. an overall part plan. Of. And it's something that, I mean, you do raise it, arts and mental health, collectively is a topic that we've talked about a few times on board yeah. this very program yeah. in that we're, we're seeing that there is research being done there are connections that arts is a way of, of but it is a way of, as you point out Brenda a way of helping support anybody's mental well-being mm. but it needs to be one of many mm. And also the, the, the most notoriously famous artist I was listening to, watching a do- half listening, half watching a documentary about the Japanese artist whose name is escaping me now, uh, they all d- decided she was, you know, that awful word, crazy. Lots of very famous artists are described as being crazy because they don't have traditional lifestyles, they don't have traditional relationships, they don't have traditional hours of work. So there is already a stigma about making art that enables a bit of a bit more freedom i think so so the crazy cat lady who knits all the time for example is another stereotype i'm up for that to be honest <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm a crazy cat guy that uh, does audio so <laughs> i'm almost in that world you're in <laughs> thank you <laughs> one more time i think we should end today by doing one final uh, shout out for the thing that's brought us together in conversation today uh, kerry cook's art classes absolutely yeah, yeah. at pop rex at pop uh, please do search for the art room sunderland on facebook or instagram if you're interested in finding out more and i'd love to pop down sometime and see it mm, come see us we've got a class tomorrow oh yeah. oh yeah we have we've got a class tomorrow come down <laughs> what time tomorrow 11 till 1 yeah. 11 till 1 yeah come Shall down I see you there yeah Perfect. see you there absolutely yeah. for sure you're on you can you can draw something you can paint oh well I mean that's arguable but <laughs> I'll see you there so thank you so much for joining us today in conversation Danielle Chamberlain woohoo 
Brenda Burrell. Thanks very much. It's been lovely. And I'm Jay Sykes. Thank you so much. Um, Arty Farty's live events and website are supported by funding from Arts Council England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the Unlock Strand of Sunderland Culture's Great Place Scheme. If you do want to join in the conversations on Arty Farty, if you've got any ideas for what you'd like to have us cover on this show or you want to come on and talk yourself, do get in touch. We are at Arty Party. That's at Arty with a Y, Party with an I. Why I? Why I? Why I?